Welcome to our Call to Care, the podcast. To him, I said, I'm having a heart attack, aren't I? His, his words to me were, you're not just having a heart attack, you're having quite a severe heart attack. Part of what this is designed to do, as well as share the story, is to find out a bit about the people who sit behind it. You got kids? What's your situation? So, uh, complicated. <laughs> and in conversation, you unearth things that don't come out in the first telling. I think that the spoken word is very strong. We're unique in the way that we care for human connection. This is John. It's, it's more descriptive, more emotional. Mm. Um, I think you can, you can pick up a lot of, um, of things from it. and You may not even realise you are, but, but you are. You might have read about him recently. John raised a tonne of money for his local community in recent weeks. And his story has care written all over it. He agreed to talk to us for the podcast, so we sent down a bit of kit for him to record on. Just dial it up so you get a healthy green kind of signal when you talk. Okay, so one, two, three, all sound. And we had one of those rare conversations that you know as you're having it, you're going to find it impossible to forget. If this wretched virus and the effect it's having on people and societies around the globe has any upside, it's perhaps this, that even in the toughest of times, extraordinary acts of kindness and generosity from ordinary people are still possible, and that there's an apparently inexhaustible supply of human kindness, kinship and care in and outside of our business. And it's also true that when things seem hard for us, when we think we're having a really bad time, if we care to look up just for a moment, we can see that we're not alone. That there are nearly always others in tough spots too. And if we have the energy and the wherewithal, sometimes helping those in need can be a great way to ease our own anxiety and find a forgotten value in our everyday life. So in this week's podcast, we're sharing the very human story of John, someone who's had more than his fair share of challenges, but whose response has been to reach out, to connect and to care. John is a store manager in Yeovil. He's a father of three. I have them uh, and I have my mum and that's basically my family, but I'd actually live on my own. And he's passionate about customer service. He's also one of those people who, because of an underlying health condition, has been in total isolation for weeks now. John's story of how he came to be in that position and what he's learnt from his own experience is full of humour, candour and extraordinary honesty. And it contains as well, for those of us who've had at least some form of limited company during lockdown, a guide, perhaps, for how we might care for and welcome people back from isolation. So I joined um, on Tesco in what, it was end of July 2015, um, and I was then with my my ex partner, mm. uh, living with her her parents, um, and then 
long story short, mm. uh, Easter, Easter Sunday 2016, um, I was um, helping the, um, her parents own a small holding and, and they were away or they were out. I can't actually remember which, to be honest with you. I think mm-hmm. they'd gone out for the day. I was helping my partner to um, uh, sort some chicken houses out and, and duck houses. Um, right. And I can remember very vividly, not feeling 100%, but I went down and helped anyway. It was, it was a lovely Easter Sunday. I can remember the sun was shining. Yeah. Um, and we were sort of moving these chicken houses and duck houses around, and I started to get these weird feelings in my chest. Um, and I didn't know what it was, but I just knew it wasn't right. Okay. So I said to my partner, I said, look, I've got to go and sit down for five minutes because I'm really not feeling 100%. Yeah. So she was like, okay, that's fine. Um, so as I was going in, I instinctively, and I've no idea why, was Googling heart attack. Wow. Um, and uh, the the symptoms seemed to um, match up, as it were. Okay. So I, I got inside, I waited a couple of minutes, and by this time I started sweating profusely. Um, and I, I called 999 and I said, uh, I, you know, I think I'm having a heart attack. Um, to which they said, obviously, somebody would be there as soon as possible. So I then had to mm. ring down to my partner at the time at the other end of the, the sort of small holding and say, yeah. look, um, by the way, there's an ambulance on the way for me. In fact, it may not be an ambulance. It actually might be the air ambulance because they're, being Easter Sunday, they're not sure he's going to get there quicker. Wow, okay. Um, so, again, trying to cut a long story short, um, it, it, the, the fast response paramedic arrived, by which time I, I was as grey as grey could be, apparently. Um, it just looked like I had a waterfall running down me or somebody had turned a hose pipe on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was doing all the sort of ECG things. And I said to him, I said, I'm having a heart attack, aren't I? He's, his words to me were, you're not just having a heart attack, you're having quite a severe heart attack. Um, luckily, being on the small holding, the air ambulance could land and they got there quickly. Um right. They they use one of the uh, sort of sedan chair style things to to transport me from yeah. where I was in the house uh, up to the air ambulance, and I can remember joking with them. I'm not the smallest of people, so I can remember <laughs> joking with them, saying that you know, just uh, mind your backs. <laughs> um, yeah. We got up to the helicopter, and they asked whether or not they, I thought I would be able to get myself onto the helicopter, and I said, yeah, not a problem, that's fine. Um, I, I can remember getting onto the helicopter. Uh, and then everything went blank, um, and I can remember coming to with the medics around me, uh, one of them saying, we have to inform you, Mr Greeton, that we've actually just had to resuscitate you. We need to get you down to Musgrove Hospital as soon as possible. Um, and so with that, I was there, left down to Musgrove at Taunton, which is the, the local sort of specialist cardiac hospital. Right. Um, well, I then had uh, uh, stents put in and, and, and things and uh, ended up phoning my boss the next day because you, it's amazing how quickly you recover from a heart attack in terms of how much better you feel, how quickly. Once they've and kind I, of got I, in and, and sorted out. Yeah, gone in and absolutely, yeah. yeah. And um, I can remember phoning my boss the next day and saying, I'm really sorry I won't be in today. <laughs> and Vaughan said, why is that? And I said, um, I had a heart attack. <laughs> and to which he obviously didn't quite know how to respond. <laughs> um, 
But I know he does like to brag on the story that he is the only area manager to have actually had a um, phone shop manager die on him. So as I technically, as I did technically die for a few minutes, yeah. <laughs> I know that's his claim to fame, which he, he enjoys to uh, uh, repeat on occasion. It's a good um, story, but but my goodness, that's a that sounds like a very frightening experience, John. Yeah, so it was, it was. I'm not going to lie. Were you aware at the time of how serious it was? Or was it one of those things where you would just live, you know, well, living and temporarily dying uh, uh, from moment to moment? I don't think I was 100% aware. Um, I knew it was obviously once they told me they'd had to resuscitate me, I, I, you know, all I could think about was, you know, get get this helicopter right, go yeah, right over and done yeah. with quickly and get me to the hospital as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until I came out of hospital and my, my partner said to me, she said, um, do you know, the, she said the, the fast responder that got here first and, and helped you onto the um, helicopter and things, they were basically told to get down there as fast as they could because they didn't even know whether or not, they'd, whether or not I'd make it. Okay. Um, but I knew nothing, really, to yeah, be fair. Yeah, I just yeah. knew it was bad. How long did it take you to get back on your feet and... Uh, and in and in decent decent state of health. I mean, you know, you said you weren't going to be going into work today. Did, were you about the next day, or did you, how, how long did it take for you to kind of get back to some semblance of normality? It was quite a long road. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I, I I do suffer with things like depression, anxiety as well. Okay. Um, so I had to fight those on the journey to recovery. Yeah. Um, my boss and, and, and Tesco, not blowing smoke off anyone, but they mm. were excellent. Um, they never rushed me. I, I think it must have taken me, if that was Easter, um, I, I probably didn't get back full-time to work until maybe the August. I, I can't quite remember off the top of my head, but it was some months. Okay. So it's yeah, a few months. Both my, few do- months, both yeah. my, both my doctor and I know that both my doctor and, um, and Tesco were no hurry to, to rush me back into work. Um, uh, and they were very supportive, but I think it was longer partly because of the the mental health side as well. Yeah, probably didn't help, but but it, you know these things take time. And 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 please tell me if I'm intruding, and you can you're absolutely liberty to say I'd rather not talk about that. But was that something that was an issue for you before the heart attack, or, or and and was amplified as it were by it, or was did it come as a result of it? Oh no, I I I've, I've fought mental health issues. I, on and off for a very long time okay. throughout my yeah. life uh, uh and most of the time um i'm lucky and i get by uh, and things i just have to be aware of it mm. um I, I don't don't have anything like the dark days that i used to have when i was a lot younger that's good to know um it, it's just you know you, you learn coping mechanisms and it's just mm. making mm. sure that you rely on those and trust those coping mechanisms as mm. things the important thing and so let me hop across, as it were, but not not to lead this subject, but but actually rather to connect it. So it sounds to me like you know the incredible work you've been doing in the last few weeks, restricted to home as you as you are. You've reached out and helped an incredible number of people, and you connected to a, an incredible number of people. Is that is that something that's in your nature? Is that is that something that's important to you? That that sense of yeah, connection, human connection, connecting to others. Is that part of why you like the job that you do? 
I've never quite thought of it like that. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just sounds, it sounds like to me. I mean, we don't know each other, but it sounds to me like you are in, intuitively someone who values connection to other people. No, I think you're probably right. <laughs> I think um, I've just not actually realised that. I just, I just like to help people. Um, that that's what my nature is. I just don't mm. think, you know, when, when we have an ability to do something and help, then we should act on it. Mm. Mm. Um, and that that's just my way of doing things. I've always been raising money or doing something to help um, other people. But I always do it in a way, usually, it's been mm. a bit of an exception to the cause with a, a story written about it and now this podcast, but mm. normally I try and do it very um, under the radar, shall we say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I get quite embarrassed sometimes by, well, not sometimes, all the time, by praise or, or thanks thanks is one thing that really bugs me you, know, you don't need to thank me for what I do I do it because I want to do it and I get great joy out of it yeah why, why, why thank me for something that I'm getting great joy out of you know well okay that's a really interesting question though isn't it because yeah I hear you and I, I, I completely hear that you do this because you want to do it and you believe it's important and why you probably can't imagine being any other way at the same time do you ever thank people when they've done things that you can see the value in? Yeah, but it's too... It's, 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 <laughs> you want, one, you want yeah. one rule for you and one for the other, don't you, right? No, Absolutely, I, but yes. Look, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yes, fair I enough. do, I do. Yeah, but look, I, I, I hear you, and I, and I, I certainly... Um, and by the way, my intention with this conversation is f- far... And for us doing the podcast is far from you know, glorifying you or holding you up up above anybody else. That's not what it's about. But actually, I think that there's just real value in hearing that other people um, that you are connected to, even if it's only just by the, the you know, the, the job that we do and the, and the colleagues that we have and that we share, are just doing great stuff. I mean, there's nothing wrong in that. And there's everything right about it. Because I think, you know, and you could probably uh, identify with this. I, I have certainly had in my in my life, some of the hardest moments are moments of feeling isolated, aren't they? Mm. And yes. more people, you know, that there's a lot of great recognition of the teamwork and if we can all pull together and all that. There's a lot of that language going on at the moment. Yeah. But there's a lot of people... Who, and let's hope we're slowly going to start coming away from this now. But there's a lot of people who've had connections that we take for granted removed for, for very good reasons, for, for health reasons, you know, save lives, save the NHS, all that, of course. Mm. But I think there are a lot of people who, like you, might be in isolation uh, and be missing things that they didn't even know they missed. Yes. Definitely. Um, the, the question I'm longing to ask you, of course, is yeah. what, what do you see, what do you notice now as a result of the experiences you've had, some of which are 
you know, no one would wish on, on anyone. But here you are. I mean, you know, you made that helicopter journey. Uh, you, mm. you, 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 you made it through the months afterwards that must have been pretty tough at times. And you're showing every sign of making it through this horrendous period <laughs> of isolation. So what have you got to report from the field, if you see what I mean? What, what might you know now or feel now that you might not have known if you hadn't had those experiences? Uh, the power of friendship is amazingly strong. Very, very, very strong. Um, to have, even if it's just that one person who is there for you, who is willing to listen to you no matter what time of day hmm. um, and, and just be there at the drop of a hat. They will give you their last pound. They would do anything for you. Hmm. You cannot replace, you cannot get better than that kind of friendship or to be that kind of friend. Um, it, it's a very rewarding very difficult thing to do and i don't think a lot of people can actually do it in in quite the way that that gives without question um mm. i think i think that's 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 one of the, the biggest things to me is to to find that one person that's there to support you um, and, and do that. That, that that's one thing um, that I, I think I found out. The the other thing is, obviously, is that you know, life is short. Um, in my opinion, we do only get one shot at it. Yeah. Um, and we've got to do the best for ourselves and others in that time. But keep while keeping a balance, you know. We don't. We we can't be doing charitable things throughout all our free time. We've got to have some free time where we just have some fun. Yeah. Um, we have to work because work in itself is rewarding, and unfortunately, we need to pay the bills. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's getting a, a, a good balance uh, about doing those things, but finding the right things to put in to 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 keep it balanced uh, and make it so that you're doing something worthwhile. Mm. I think because I think there's nothing more fulfilling than to be able to, to help in some small way. And I'm lucky because I get that through my job. Mm. Uh, and I get it from the pleasure of doing things outside of my job for helping community run projects for helping maybe a charity of my choice yeah. you know that that's what i think is important mm. i see why you say i don't need thanks because i can see how much it means to you i can hear how much it means to you Yeah. Um, 
So you reckon you'll be back, when did you say, June the 11th? Yep, all uh, being well. Okay. Are you, <laughs> uh, dare I ask, are you fairly excited about the idea of getting out of the house? <laughs> I, I, I am excited. Um, I won't deny there's a little bit scared. Yeah. Um, so. What are you scared of? I've no. I, I. We've been. People like myself have been self screening, whatever you care to call it, self isolation. Um, and you're going back into an environment where, okay, they, they've, they've put in every kind of possible protection they can mm-hmm. for you, um, which I appreciate. But it's very hard to protect against a virus. Um, and there's, there's two things. I mean, I'll be suddenly going into from having seen nobody to seeing people yeah. on, a, on a daily, hourly, minute basis. Mm. Um, and you just, you know, at the back of my mind, I'm sure there's going to be the anxieties of, you know... Uh, who have they seen? Who do they know that may have had this? Yeah. They might be asymptomatic. Um, you know, what if? What if? What if? Mm. Um, so there's always going to be that that sort of side of things, and anxiety can be a, a, a difficult and tiring thing to deal with. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Um, but there is the fact that I know as well I'm going to find it very hard not to go over and above what I should be doing. <laughs> so well, to, to compensate, you mean, for all the time you've not been there? Yeah, to, <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just like I, I, you know, somebody's got a problem with their their phone, to just completely grab it and carry on regardless and sort it all out for them and do that and yeah. and pass it back without even thinking. So yeah. I am going to have to be very mindful of that. I know that yeah. um, because that will just be a be a absolute instinct for me to do. Um, but yeah, I am, I am looking forward to it. I'm, I'm very proud of my team. They've opened the shop today um, and they've done a great job. Fantastic. Uh, and within the first half an hour, we've done the first wow. contract. So I can't ask for more than that for my team. Absolutely brilliant. Superb. Well, John, listen, it's been a relatively short conversation, but, but it feels like we've covered quite a lot. And, um, yeah, it's an absolute pleasure to meet you and talk to you about these things. Thank you. And you, Carl. Thanks to John. I hope that's been okay for you. Are, are you all right with people hearing our conversation or sections of it? Is that okay with you? Um, I have no problem. Whatever you wish to use, I have no problem. That's really good to hear. Thank you, John. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, thank you. And to all those who've been away from friends and friendship, welcome back. Thanks for listening. Um, great. So now here comes the tricky bit. So press stop on your black box. <laughs> <laughs>